Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode of our Truth Tidbits as we continue reading through the scriptures this year. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in, and I pray these are a blessing to you. Today we are in the book of Revelation, continuing through, and we are in between the end of Revelation 19 and the beginning of Revelation 20. And in this in-between section, I wanted to break off just briefly to discuss some wars, unfulfilled battles, and so forth that fit into the timeline of the book of Revelation. And we're trying to explore perhaps where and how some of those may fit. And so in the previous episode, we did discuss quite a few at that time. Today, I'd like to begin a discussion. We will do one more because the final battle that I want to discuss warrants its own separate study. But I do want us today to look at the wrap-up of the final battle before the Lord comes to establish his reign here on earth in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, we're talking about the battle that we just read about his victory in, in Revelation 19, and that was first told to us in the book of Revelation in chapter 16. So I want us to see the unfulfilled battles. There are some others in regard to certain nations, but in regard to the Revelation timeline, this this is the final discussion, and I want to pick up about a couple of different key points. And in today's episode and tomorrow's episode, try to identify what this battle is and how these few things remaining fit and see what the scriptures might indicate to us about just that. So in the last episode, we looked at several different unfulfilled wars as yet at the time of this taping and we saw why they were unfulfilled from the scriptures. Now, I want us to begin a discussion about this final battle. This, the Lord calls his battle. It's the battle at the day of the Lord. It's the battle against the Lord Almighty. It's the battle that the Antichrist and all the nations and armies of the earth are going to fight futilely, of course, but they're going to gather together to fight against the Lord Jesus himself, against the Lamb. Now, I want us to consider a few final battles that have not yet been fulfilled and see how they may or may not fit in with this same timeline. One of those is the Gog and Magog War. The other one is the war against the Lord spoken of in Revelation 16 and the final war, meaning all nations that Joel and Zechariah and others have prophesied coming against the Lord. The question we want to examine is, is this and are these that final war? Are all of these the same thing? Let's see what we might can determine from the scripture about just that. They may be and they may be not. And some of this you must, if you're interested, do your own research. Study this out for yourself. Don't take my word. Don't take someone else's word. 
We are always instructed in the scriptures, and Paul commends all who will study and search the scriptures. The Bereans, be like a Berean from Acts. Be one who will study the scriptures. So let's examine the scripture to see what we can understand about this battle against the Lord. So first off, let's look at the actual wording in Revelation of this battle against the Lord. And we first find it in Revelation chapter 16. And in Revelation chapter 16, beginning in verse 12, it says this, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs, which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Then Jesus speaks here and he says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Verse 16, And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. This is that final gathering of the kings of the earth, the Antichrist, the nations, to battle against the Lord. This is the battle of that great day of God Almighty. What day is he speaking of? The answer is in Revelation chapter 19, beginning in verse 11. And it says this, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, many diadems we've already studied. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So this battle that they've gathered together at Armageddon at in Revelation 16 is this final battle when they will try to attack and battle the Lord himself at his coming here in Revelation 19, verse 11 through actually through the rest of the chapter because the rest of the chapter gives us his wonderful victory and how through his victory, all the birds of the air and the vultures and all of the birds of prey and beasts and predators will have a massive feast on these dead bodies of the enemies of the Lord. So he will win this battle. It is typically referred to as the Battle of Armageddon. However, I believe that is a misnomer. Because as we've looked at several episodes earlier about the gathering place or the gathering site 
we see that all the scripture tells us in Revelation is that they gather at Armageddon. There's nowhere in the scripture to connect with an actual battle against the Lord being fought there. Armageddon is the gathering place. Maybe the place where all their armies will coordinate. Maybe they will then go against Babylon. Maybe they've already gone against Babylon. It appears that it's somewhere near within the same time frame in some way, some form or fashion. And then God is going to begin to lead them down. God is already leading them to battle. It's all God's doing because he's going to have his day of vengeance. He's going to have his day of victory that has been long foretold in all the prophets. And now it's being completed and brought to its execution and its full and ultimate fulfillment. Praise be to God. So this sixth bowl judgment between Revelation 16 and Revelation 19 clearly connect together. This is that final battle that ushers in, in a sense, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he will come to his people at their cry, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, just like Jesus prophesied, he will save his people and he will go then to the Mount of Olives. It will split. The valley will be created. They will try to run and scatter like roaches to get away from him. But his enemies will be defeated and his sword will catch every one of them and bring their defeat. The Antichrist and the false prophet are cast alive into the lake of fire for eternal damnation and eternal torment. And the dragon's end we will see as we get into chapter 20. This is all true and it fits with all the Old Testament prophetic words. So let's look at several of those words right now as we see this final battle against the Lord. We will look at two specific ones in this episode as we draw this episode down to a close in a little while. And then we will look at the final one in the next episode. The first place I'd like to go is in Joel or Joel chapter 3. In the book of Joel, or Joel, chapter 3, it says this, beginning in verse 1, For behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there, on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, they have also divided up my land. They have cast lots for my people, have given a boy as a payment for a harlot and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. And then he goes on and he continues in that prophetic word about how he is going to have victory. Notice that God is bringing all the nations to battle, but he's bringing them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, which is the Kidron Valley right there beside Jerusalem. Jump on down to verse 9 of this same chapter, Joel or Joel chapter 3, beginning in verse 9. Proclaim this among the nations, prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble and come, all you nations, and gather together all around. 
Cause your mighty ones to go down there, O Lord. Let the nations be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will grow dark and the stars will diminish their brightness. The Lord also will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake, but the Lord will be a shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy, and no aliens shall ever pass through her again. So at the end of this battle, God is going to be dwelling in Jerusalem, in Zion, his holy mountain. And it will be holy because of the presence of the living Lord, the Son of the living God, right there with them. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. So God speaks of them gathering, and even the gathering together at Armageddon is his doing. But then he's going to bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Notice it's called the valley of decision here. Then he is going to roar. He is going to have his victory with the cosmic response even felt in the earth. It's interesting that this Kidron Valley connects also with the Hinnom Valley. And in Jeremiah chapter 19, you will find it referred to as the Valley of Slaughter. I want to also look at one other place in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 7. Notice here, we also find it referred to as the Valley of Slaughter. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 32 and 33. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord when it will no more be called Tophet or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. For, there will, for they will bury in Tophet until there is no room. The corpses of this people will be food for the birds of the heaven and for the beasts of the earth, and no one will frighten them away. This is that same time period we're talking about here. So we know that this battle will be fought in the Valley of Jehoshaphat, in that Kidron and Hinnom Valley area. And because of all the corpses and all the blood, all the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the fields will have a delightful sacrificial meal given them by God on these corpses, and they will be burying in this valley until there's no more room, it says here. And this is called also the Valley of Slaughter. It's where God will have his vengeance, and he will be the victor. Praise be to the Lord. Next, I want to read in Zechariah chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. And it says this, The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of men with man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples, when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. In that day, says the Lord, 
I will strike every horse with confusion and its rider with madness. I will open my eyes on the house of Judah and will strike every horse of the peoples with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength in the Lord of hosts, their God. In that day, I will make the governors of Judah like a fire pan in the wood pile and like a fiery torch in the sheaves. They shall devour all the surrounding peoples on the right hand and on the left. Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, Jerusalem. The Lord will save the tents of Judah first so that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall not become greater than that of Judah. In that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The one who is feeble among them in that day shall be like David, and the house of David shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. It shall be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. So we're talking about the same time frame. And you'll notice in the rest of that chapter, he talks about the salvation of the people of God and how. They're going to mourn for him and they're going to repent and call out to him. So we're talking about this same final battle. Then in Zechariah chapter 14, in Zechariah chapter 14, beginning in verse 1, it says this, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming and your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. Then you shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to Azel. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Isaiah, king of Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. It shall come to pass in that day that there will be no light. The lights will diminish. It shall be one day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night. But at evening time it shall happen that it will be light. And in that day it shall be that living waters shall flow from Jerusalem, half of them toward the eastern sea and half of them toward the western sea. In both summer and winter it shall occur. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day it shall be. The Lord is one and his name one. Praise God. So this is speaking of that same battle as well. So here we see that these are speaking of Jesus' battle at his second coming and his victory, which we just read about in Revelation chapter 19. There's one final war that is a major player in this end time scenario that we've not yet looked at, and I want to devote that to the next episode. And let's see if God's word might tell us some ways and some place that it may fit in understanding the wrap-up about Jesus and his second coming. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.